0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke chapter 15, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Let me read you a story of a young man who was getting ready for college and uh, ready to graduate from college. And for many months, he had admired a beautiful sports car in a dealer's showroom. And knowing that his father could well afford it, he told him that that's all he wanted. So as graduation day approached, the young man awaited signs that his father had purchased a car. Finally, on the morning of his graduation, his father called him into his private study And his father told him how proud he was to have such a fine son. And he told him how much he loved him, and he handed his son a beautifully wrapped gift box. Well, curious but somewhat disappointed, the young man opened the box, and he found a lovely leather-bound Bible with the young man's name embossed in gold. Well, angrily, he raised his voice to his father, and he said, With all your money, you give me a Bible, and he stormed out of the house, leaving the Bible. Well, many years passed, and the young man was very successful in business. He had a beautiful home and a wonderful family. But he realized his father was very old, and he thought perhaps he should go to him. He had not seen him since graduation day, but before the arrangements could be made, he received a message telling him, That his father had passed away and willed all of his possessions to his son. He needed to come home immediately and take care of things. And when he arrived at his father's house, sudden sadness and regret filled his heart. But he began to search through his father's important papers and he saw the still new Bible, just as he had left it years ago. With tears, he opened the Bible and he began to turn the pages. His father has carefully underlined a verse in the Bible, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. And if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give to those who ask? And as he read those words, a car key dropped from the back of the Bible, and it had a tag with the dealer's name, the same dealer who had the sports car he had desired. On the tag was the graduation date and the words paid in full. And I think oftentimes, Saints, listen, we miss God's blessings. Listen to me. We miss God's blessings because it doesn't often come to us come to us packaged in the way that we expect it. Is that true? Were you with me last week, just by a show of hands? Were you with me last week? Okay, a good number of you were not. I would encourage you to get the CD. I don't know that there are any left, but you probably should. Last week in Luke chapter 15, we had three parables before us, and we talked about two of them, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. And I told you that today we would look at the last parable, the parable of the lost son. I've actually titled these two sermons The Joy of Finding the Lost, part two. And what we're going to do today is we're going to finish Luke chapter 15. We're going to read a very lengthy text, but I think it's important because it's all one story. I think uh, it's better if we read it all, and then we'll come back and we'll have some comments. So Luke chapter 15, we pick up in verse 11. Saints, if you're looking at it, say a hearty amen. Amen. Then he said in verse 11, then Jesus said, A certain man had one son, two. Just trying to make sure you're looking at it. A certain man had how many sons? Two. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, please underline this in your Bible, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so he divided to them, both of the boys, his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, in verse 14, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And then he went, and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, in verse 17, underline that. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to the father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, and he had what, saints? Compassion. And he ran. Verse 20, are you looking at it? And he ran, and he fell on his neck, and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe. underline that, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry and have a party. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was what, saints? Lost and is what? Found. And they began to be merry. Now, verse 25, everything changes. His older son was in the field. And as he came and he drew near to the house, he heard music and he heard dancing. Man, you know they must have been doing some serious dancing. If you could hear dancing and you all the way out in the field, they were doing some dancing. They would dance like Indian folks. You know, Indian people, when they dance, they put everything into it. Jewish people, same way. When they dance, they get They just really get into it. Black folks, the same way. No, no, I'm saying we we get into it, man. They must have been, this must have been some party. I mean, they were dancing, they must have been doing some dancing. So he, he's out in the field. He hears them dancing. So in verse 26, please look at it. He called one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your dad has killed the fatted calf. But in verse 28, you're looking at it. He was angry, and he would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. And so he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a goat, that I might have a party with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours, notice as soon as this son, This guy was so eaten up with pride and bitterness and jealousy, he wouldn't even call him his brother. He said, as soon as this son of yours, you get the tone there, the son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with prostitutes and harlots, you killed the fatty calf for him. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again. Can somebody read this with me? And was lost and is found. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. I told you we had three parables in chapter 15. And remember I told you last time, for those of you that were here, that there's one woven theme. You got a pen? You write this down. There's one woven theme in all three of the parables, and it's this something was lost and is found and there is rejoicing. In all of the parables, the parable of the lost sheep, something is lost and is found and, rejo- and now there's rejoicing. The parable of the lost coin, something is lost and is found and there is rejoicing. And now we have the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Something is lost and is found and now rejoicing. Now, remember I told you a parable. What is a parable? Calvary Chapel people, help me out. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus tells now a parable. Keep in mind that the parables, all three parables, were told because the Pharisees made the statement about Jesus that he is eating with tax collectors and sinners, verse 2, chapter 15. We talked about it last time. If you were not here, you should stop by the bookstore again and pick up the CDs. I think it would be important to have all three parables together. So here we have now the last parable, The third parable, the parable of the prodigal son. In this third parable, many would consider this the greatest story ever told. I've read uh, many commentaries, and many great Bible scholars and Bible teachers would say that this is the greatest story ever told. I'm not so sure I would agree with that, because I think... I think the, the resurrection story and the Easter story, I think that's the greatest story ever told. Anybody think that? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think so. Although I would tell you this is certainly one of the most familiar stories in all of the Bible. It's the story of the prodigal son. We've all heard it when you were in Sunday school when you were in children's church or even coming up you know, through church or whatever. Most people have heard this story before, the story of the prodigal son a father who had two sons. One of them takes a portion of his inheritance and he wasted on party living in a distant land. The other son, the older son, stays home with the father. Now, as you look at how the roles play out, perhaps you want to write this down. Listen, the father represents the heart of God. The younger son represents sinners who were lost. The older brother represents religious people who are offended that the younger brother is received back into the father's house. This story could actually be called the parable of the older brother because, I don't know if you got this, but one-third of the verses here are about the older brother. But it's pretty remarkable, and the remarkable thing about the parable is that of the heart of the father. The heart of the father is willing, ready waiting, wanting. You like all those W's? Willing, waiting, wanting to receive and restore sinners. Then notice verse 12 again in your Bibles. Go ahead and look at it in chapter 15, verse 11 and 12. The younger brother said, Dad, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And we need to understand something here. The younger son demanded his inheritance The father is still alive. The younger son demanded his inheritance, and the father is still alive. This is like saying, Dad, in that culture, y'all listening? In that culture, this is like saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Or in our day, Dad, I know you're going to drop dead someday, but I don't want to wait. I want you to give me my insurance money, and I want you to give it to me now. That's what it would be like saying. How sad is that? Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my money now. Now, according to Jewish law, get this, a father who had two sons was to give two-thirds of his estate to his older son and a third to the younger son. Now, we don't know the details, but more than likely, the father had to take some time to sell some land to liquidate He was probably probably some aggravation to sell things and liquidate things, but he gets the money together, and he gives the younger son his third. The son says, Dad, I want to live my life like I want to live it. Dad, I want to do my own thing. How many parents have heard that? Anybody want to raise a hand? Yes. I want to do my own thing. Why is it that kids seem to think, and I raise my hand too, y'all know I got five kids, my youngest is singing right here, the girl's singing right here, and my son, my only son, is the person who fills up that cage right there, and um, the drummer guy, and I, I've heard it all, and so have you. Why is it that kids seem to think the grass is greener on the other side, when they don't know what the water bill is? <laughs> parents, parents, okay. And why is it, I I do not understand, why is it that kids, what they don't realize is that when they they say, oh, I want to get out, I want to do my own thing, they don't realize that once they get out there, they're going to have to pay rent. Let me tell you something. If you are living with your parents right now, you need to get on your knees and thank God, do it now. Go ahead, we'll wait. You need to get on your knees and thank God. Because let me tell you something. When you get out there on your own, somebody need to listen to me. I'm just trying to help you. I'm your pastor. When you get out there on your own, you want to get out there? Why do you want to get out there so quick? What's out there? You live at home, you got it made. You get free soap. I mean, the stuff we take for granted. You get soap. Soap is a blessing. Somebody say hallelujah. Soap is a blessing. You get free soap. Nobody charging you for soap. I mean, think about it. What if you had your your mom, your dad, your family, they had a pump, and every time you pumped, you had to drop 50 cents. No, you get free soap. You got free cable. You got free electricity. You come in the room, you turn on the lights, and the lights come on. You flip the switch, the lights come on. And nobody charges you for that. Nobody, I mean, you know, I'm not big on, and I never really have been big on charging my kids uh, rent. I know some parents do charge their kids rent. I don't think it's a bad idea. Actually, I wish I had started that, but, because <laughs> I wouldn't be so broke right now, but, 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 I because I have missed a lot of money, but, but. You know, but, you know, you got, you got to pay rent. you got to take care of yourself. You, you think you want to get out there. And then how many parents, we've all heard this. We've all heard this. And perhaps, parents, you will agree. Your kids go to the refrigerator. They open the refrigerator, stand there, and say, ain't nothing to eat in this house. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Shoot. Let me tell you something. Ask my kids. Ask them. You tell me there ain't nothing to eat in this house. I'll be like, well, you know what you need to do? No, first of all, it's like, let me tell you something. You know it's coming at you when I tell you that. Let me tell you something right now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you something. If there ain't nothing in that refrigerator you want to eat, then you better get your nail tail in your car and go get you something to eat with your own money. And now all of a sudden, they stand there and go, man, there's so much food in this refrigerator. Man, we are blessed. You better eat what is there. I come from the old school. My mom was a single working parent, single mom. I told y'all, she would, I mean, we, didn't have, we really didn't have anything to eat. We had hot dogs. My mother used to work for high grade, the ballpark, Frank, they plump when you cook them. You know, she, my mom used to pack those hot dogs and put them in the box and send them out. My mom worked in a freezer for 30 years in a freezer for 30 years. She'll be here next week, I think. She'll be a freezer for 30 years. Let me tell you something. My mother was doing the best she could. You did not tell her there was nothing in there to eat, because she's doing the best she can. You tell my mother there's nothing there to eat, you might get killed, because <laughs> you didn't play. You get these kids now, and it's like, I don't know what is going on. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Pray for me. Don't judge me. But what's going on with parenting nowadays? Kids getting no Oh, it's it's crazy. I don't I don't understand it. You know, kids acting up and carrying on, and they, you know, nowadays they talk about, I told you this before, nowadays time out is a big thing. I was just at Bridge Fest, and I heard somebody, I'm standing at the pastor's tent where people come and meet, and this one kid was, the lady wanted to meet me and say hi and everything, and the kid was pulling on her, and I want to go get some ice cream, and she, the kid, she's trying to pass the rod and the kid, and she's like, you better stop it, and his name was Emmanuel or something, you better stop it or you're going to get time out. I'm looking at Lee. I'm shaking her hand and said, nice to meet you. And I'm thinking in my mind, why are you telling this kid he's going to get time out? You need to knock him out. <laughs> Somebody, Anybody know, come on, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Knock him out! I guarantee you, it will, we will have a nice conversation if you just knock him out. Well, see, that's where I come from. I'm sorry, that's where I come from. What is going on? What is going on? You know, these kids, and, 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 and they want to get out on their own. Listen, you are blessed, and if you are at home, you need to stay home. Now, let me tell you, if you're 40 years old and you're still at home, you need to get out. <laughs> yeah, you heard me. You need to get out, okay? Because it's time for you to go. It's been time <laughs> for you to go. You have what we call overstayed your welcome, okay? And you need to off. So you need to go. I mean, it's crazy. But being at home is a blessing. Being under the covering of your family is a blessing. Why are you trying to get out so quick? Why are you trying to get, only to get out there to realize it's not as great as you think it is? You think, I'm going to get out on my own, and I'm going to have freedom, and I'm going to do whatever I want. How many of you heard that? I, wanna, I just want to do what I want to do. I want to come in when I want to come in, do whatever I want to do. Let me tell you something. Buy a clue. You cannot ever in this life do whatever you want to do. No one does what they want to do. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. No one does what you want to do. No one does. Everyone has to live by rules. And even, look, you can own your own home. You can own your own home and not even be making payments. Would God, that would be me. But, but you, you can own your own home and it's paid off. And you still can't do what you want to do in your, with your own home. Okay? Try it. In your home. You got a homeowner association, go ahead and paint your house some crazy color. Paint your house black and see what happens. (laughs) Why everything negative got to be black? (laughs) Somebody wave at me like you like me. Oh, do something crazy like that. I mean, you can't do whatever you want to do. Really, everyone lives by rules and regulations in the world. You can't do whatever you want to do. Go try to do whatever you want to do and you will find yourself hearing cha-ching. The cops will cha-ching, or maybe it'll be more like cha-ching, and you will be walking like this. Yeah, arrested. You can't ever do what you want to do. Everybody has to live by rules. If you are living in a home with your parents, you need to thank God that they're being a blessing to you. And they are allowing you to live there, and they are being a blessing. Don't be so quick to get out on your own. This son, he says, Dad, I want to do my own thing. I want to do whatever I want. Notice the son, listen, you're going to love this. Notice the son is saying, I want your blessing, not your presence. I want yours, but I don't want you. I want your wealth and your riches, but I don't want your control and your rules. And sometimes that's what your kids are saying. They say, I don't want your rules. I don't want your Bible thumping. I don't want to, they tell you, I don't want to be like you. How many kids have grown up? And some of y'all hear like that. You say, when I grow up, I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to be like my mama. I don't want to be like my daddy. And guess what? When you grow up, that's exactly who you're going to be like. Matter of fact, you're going to look just like them. You're going to morph into them. It's true. I don't want your Bible. I don't want all this Jesus stuff. I don't want to live under your your house. I don't want to live under your rules. This son is living under the illusion that there's something more out there. And so he says, dad, give me my money. Dad, he gave him his money. And a few days later, he bought some rims and a Hummer. It's there. If you'd read your Bible, you know. It's, it's actually in the Greek. If you read your Bible, you would, you would know that it says he bought some rims and a hummer. And then he headed off to a far place. And I'm sure he had a great time because sin is pleasurable. Don't be deceived. Sin is pleasurable. Did you hear me? Sin is fun for a season, for a season. And the season will come to an end and the money will be gone. And when the money is gone, the friends are gone. And he finds him, let the church say amen. When the money's gone, the friends are gone. And he finds himself hungry and thirsty and a famine. And he did exactly what people do when trouble comes. They turn to man. Look at verse 15. He went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And that man sent him to eat with pigs. Verse 17. There in the midst of pig, the pig pen, something amazing happens. He came to his what? Senses, almost like awakening from a bad dream. And he didn't join a I just left the good life for a bad life self help group. And he didn't seek to repair his inner child. He didn't blame it on his mom or his dad or his brothers or his sisters or his boss, or he didn't even blame it on the pigs. He finally woke up and he saw things as they really were. And he went back to his father. Now, listen close. Listen close. It wasn't the badness of his life that brought him to his senses. It was the goodness of his father. You want to write that down? It wasn't the badness of his life that brought him to his senses. It was the goodness of his father. What he remembered was what it was like to be at home. Y'all listening? What it was like to be at home. How blessed he was with his father. it wasn't his own badness that brought him to his senses. Romans chapter two, verse four says exactly that. Or, do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance? Is that right? It's the goodness of God that leads men to, his, to repentance? And notice the progression. He thinks he remembers. He owns it. He decides. He turns around and he repents. So he's on his way home. And while walking, he's thinking and probably practicing what he's going to say. He's walking and he's probably thinking, okay, I'll say when I get home, just rehearsing. When I get home, I'm going to say, um, Dad, you know, like I, I really messed up. I thought I could do it on my own, but <laughs> Maybe a song